It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We are back on this Monday, November 27th edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the Sports Mix. Got a lot to talk about on this Monday. Thanksgiving has passed. How was your guys' Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. Had myself a good Thanksgiving meal, and then Friday into Saturday, spent it down in Huntington. So, and enjoyed the break as well, just for the rest of that week. You know, before before Thanksgiving too. Good week overall. Yeah, it definitely was. Colin, what about you? It I was saw fun. you on Friday. Yeah, but. I saw you on Friday as well before making the trip down. I hope so. <laughs> Huntington, huh? Good Thanksgiving as well. Got to see some family and then went hunting beforehand too so enjoyed the week off and here we go though now back in on the grind be kind of weird if i just saw you and you (laughs) that would be weird but our show brought to you by brown funeral home and cremations robert fields and sons family owned full service funeral home proudly serving our area since 1880 yeah i also had a good thanksgiving it's good to go home for a little bit now I'm, i'm ready man we got a good week coming up of this week of course, Martinsburg has punched its ticket to the state championship. They got that wheeling, feeling back, headed back for the 10th time in the past 14 years, trying to win for the 10th time uh, this time around here. And, I mean, this has been, you know, a, a dominating run for Martinsburg. It continues. The dynasty continues. And uh, they have a favorable matchup against Princeton. We'll get into that a little bit later, I think. Uh, but just to start things off, I guess we'll talk about that game in Huntington that you guys mentioned, made that trip down there uh, for what's always, you know, a good atmosphere, a good competitive football team. And Huntington had a shot early. You know, they had the early 10-7 lead. Martinsburg takes that lead, though, before halftime to make it 14-10. And from that moment forward, it felt like the Bulldogs took control, uh, were able to run the ball really well, um, got some turnovers, got some pick sixes, and uh you know, pulled away and got a good win, but a Huntington team that appears to be, you know, very tough still and still a good football team, but Martinsburg proved to just be the better team, and I think they should be able to win the state championship game as well against Princeton, but, I mean, a Princeton team that certainly has some exciting players, but just, I guess, your guys' thoughts on on that game and what you saw down there in Huntington. I think Huntington was able to make some plays. They had some really good receivers out there on the outside that – uh, Avante Crawford was able to throw it deep too for some success here and there, but it, it wasn't consistent enough to put up enough points. I mean, 26 points in the end is a lot more than you know everyone else has been able to put up on Martinsburg. But on the other side, one of those came on defense, right? That's that's true. Uh, but on the other side, they were not able to stop the run. Murphy Clement was running all over Huntington and that Highlanders defense and the offensive line of the Bulldogs, especially that that right side when they ran it to the side of Wes Hancock and Rashad Reed was just incredible, opening up the holes that they were able to to get. And Nick Buskey and Coy Fagan were able to run the ball effectively as well. But I believe you know Murphy Clement had over 200 yards rushing. He he was just great in that game and he wasn't playing at 100 uh, throughout that entire game he, he kind of 
you know, messed up his his leg, ankle, you know, foot, calf, whatever it happened to be on that on that leg that he kind of had to power through, missed a couple plays here and there, including one where Coy Fagan got a touchdown. But, yeah, he got two. Right. So it was just, I think the official number was 380 rushing yards. I it, think so. It was I just to double check. incredible. Yeah, it was a great game by Martinsburg, and the fact that they were able just to impose their will in the ground game, that's the bread and butter of this team offensively, only threw the ball nine times, six and nine completion uh, for Murphy, and then defensively the two pick sixes. Those were huge, uh, especially it seemed like that Xerxes Yancey pick six where the ball got tipped around, felt like 10 times, but probably only yeah. half that realistically. But that just the momentum shift at that point, I felt like was really the difference maker. And then the nail on the coffin being Tyon Jacobs pick six that was almost called back, I felt like. And the penalty that was originally called got waved off. So great game for the Bulldogs and Looking at this state championship game, I agree with what you were saying, Nick. It seems like, on paper, Martinsburg should be heavily favored in this one. But a lot of the talk is how explosive this offense of the Princeton Tigers can be. We were watching Friday night that semifinal game between them and Bridgeport in which Princeton won 73-70. to Not many times you're watching a football game and a basketball game breaks out, but... <laughs> was a lot of fun to see, especially that fourth quarter. Just really showed how good some of those weapons are on Princeton's side. And we've seen Martinsburg struggle with that deep ball. But will they struggle against Princeton? Can they get to the quarterback? Most likely, I think the answer to that is yes. And yes, no matter how good Princeton's offense is, you look at that game as well and say they have no defense. Can they stop Martinsburg? Even if you put up 40 points is that enough i probably have, not i don't even think they'll get the 40 points i think this is a big win for the bulldogs coming up saturday at noon yeah real quick uh before we talk more about that game i think um my biggest takeaway from the win on saturday on saturday was just i was pretty surprised that martinsburg came out and just dominated huntington up front like they did i thought dylan made a really good point uh, in the pregame show about huntington rotating its linemen so we thought maybe they would be more fresh but that did not prove to be the case they looked tired in that fourth quarter uh martinsburg you know dominated the game up front i think those guys those five offensive linemen definitely deserve their props um and rashad reed in particular and just you know how much of a force he's been on both sides of the ball this season has been really unreal and i think if he wasn't a lineman he'd be a guy you talk about for like a kennedy award type player because he has such a great impact on Mm -hmm. the game um but he probably won't get that recognition because of the position he plays uh but for princeton you know i think that's going to be the real difference is they won't have the size to keep up with this team or at least i don't think they do based on what i've seen now they have a very you know, wide receiver Dominic Collins is a very explosive athlete. Athlete has an offer from Shepard. I hope he takes that offer to Shepard because I yeah. think he'd fit really well in the Rams' offense, especially being that undersized receiver that can be explosive. Um, but I know he did visit WVU, so he may end up walking on there or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, they have a, a talented offense when it comes to the way they've been able to put up points. But I just think the, the Martinsburg run in particular has just been tougher then the road for Princeton, they kind of got lucky with some of their draws. 
um, in terms of the upset to Cabell Midland. I think everybody figured Cabell Midland would just roll through, and they didn't. You know, they were upset. Of course, Hurricane got upset by Parkersburg, and, and this Princeton team, you know, give credit to them. They they won the games. They beat the teams that they, they had to play to get here. Right, but, but nobody expects a five seed to have three home games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a five seed to be in the state championship, especially in AAA, is, is pretty unheard of, I feel like. It's been a little while since we've had this much of a a different type of team. Um, so this much parity, I guess, is the right word. Um, so it's almost played out like a NCAA basketball tournament. You know, the three seed versus the five seed isn't what you expect, but the three seed being Martinsburg, probably an under-seeded team, yes. and Princeton yeah. getting some favorable matchups, I think, helped them out. But, I mean, they couldn't slow down a Bridgeport team, and all they do is run the ball. Martinsburg has that threat of throwing the football, and they can run the ball on an elite level. Um, and you need to run the ball in high school football. That's something yeah. that teams haven't been able to do though against martinsburg and that's been the big difference yes we talk about princeton and it looks like their air attack is probably their strong suit because and they'll the get some big plays i think and they'll get Saturday's some big game. plays but you ultimately can't become one-dimensional yeah and you you're not going to win a shootout against martinsburg yes. and that's what everybody struggled with looking at the final stats for huntington they finished with negative one net rushing yards because of the sacks mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody I, is able to run the ball against this team. I, I think that you know you mentioned that Bridgeport that we said you know really only runs the ball. They were throwing the ball r- yeah. deep and well and often against that Princeton team. And if they can do it, Martinsburg is certainly going to be able to do it. And the running game is going to be even better than perhaps than Bridgeport's was. And there's just the defensive. I've never seen that level of Swiss cheese defense that was going on on both sides in that Bridgeport Princeton game. Is absolutely insane, and the, you know, Dominic, watch some Dominic Collins highlights in right. the season. The, and that's the thing; most of those big plays were screen passes yeah. in that in that game. So it's not like every time down Chance Barker was you know chucking the ball forty yards down the field to to Dominic Collins. It was screen plays, which Martinsburg has the athletes to be able to counter. That buzzed over, and Sarad Musgrove can get out there on the edge and and make tackles. Now, will they be able to tackle Collins? You know, they might have some trouble there. Probably not nearly as much trouble as Bridgeport had. The, right. the, the, the Martinsburg defense is way different. I think uh, also a difference, too, is Martinsburg's seen some of the other elite receivers in the state. Mm-hmm. And while they've had their big plays here and there, they haven't made that big of an impact to change the game. You know, they've seen Demonte Devo- Martin at Hedgesville, who is also a kid that has d1 aspirations Keyshawn, of course Keyshawn robinson more known for his defense but still a very explosive athlete if you mm-hmm. give him the ball in space and they they've slowed him down or at least he hasn't had a huge impact on the game against them and and the kids they saw from huntington this past week so yes collins is a great player and i don't want to take anything away from him but he hasn't faced a defense like this um where the kids on the other side of the ball are just as athletic or close enough athletic wise mm-hmm. to him that they can make plays in space you know, you watch his highlight reels, and you can tell he's the best player on the field. Yeah. But you can also tell that a lot of the kids that he's going up against aren't really on his level. Um, so I think this will be a tougher matchup for Princeton than what they've seen. I just feel like Martinsburg's going to win this game, probably by multiple scores. But I don't want to yeah. overlook this Princeton team because they do have talent. They did just put up 73 points right. in the, the state the semifinal. Quarter, the quarterback broke the record for right. the most touchdown passes in a you know p- tournament game before the state championship. Uh, or yeah yeah there's most points scored too in the game between active yes. schools right uh, in the history too but 
just a crazy game. Like I think Bridgeport ran the ball for like 600 yards. It's I like how do you it. how do you lose yeah. a game when you run for 600 yards? Uh, or at least they had 600 yards you of total offense. Touchdown passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a crazy game. Really wasn't ever really in doubt that Princeton was going to win. They were pretty much in control the whole time. Yeah, was that was just, the that was the other thing. It wasn't until the very end of the game that you know, Bridgeport cut it to three points, and then they didn't get the onside kick at the end to to get the ball back. But yeah, that, it didn't really seem like Princeton was ever m- really much in doubt. They didn't trail. I don't think. I think they no, they never trailed. The but it no. just became close because of the punt and yeah. the a lot of that bad pitch on the option that caused the turnover. But they were able to recover the onside kick. Yeah, it was win. mostly shifting between Princeton being up seventeen or ten during yeah. that second half until yeah. the very end. I think the key will just be you know Martinsburg doesn't overlook this team, uh, doesn't take last week as an automatic okay we won the state championship now because that's a really high high to be on right now you know you lost to this Huntington team last year uh you you kind of I mean you could look at it and say from a Martinsburg standard it was a failure in terms of what you are used to doing and what your expectation (laughs) is as a player there so you come back the next season with kind of an extra chip on your shoulder but you've been waiting for that moment to play Huntington and beat Huntington you do that you can't now come off of that high and just look at this Princeton team and say well this is a team that can't compete with us because if you come out with that mentality it might get closer I mean they have some good players on that team obviously so that's the only thing that I would be somewhat worried about but I just think Martinsburg's better I don't really see this being very close just because I feel like Princeton's more on the level of like a Jefferson than on the level of a Huntington, and Huntington wasn't very close either. So I think Martinsburg's fine. But, again, that's our perspective on it. They have to go in thinking this is the most important team, best team we've seen all year because it is the state championship. I mean, Mm -hmm. they got there for a reason. They earned their spot to be there. And uh, I think it could be exciting in some ways in terms of I'd be interested to see this, you know, this Collins kid who is getting all this hype, and I think he's a very good player, but I'd like to see him against Martinsburg, see what he's able to do, and – and if he can, you know, earn some more respect for players in the state. Because these, what was these his kids, final stat line again? Friday, I think three hundred yards, three hundred and thirty okay, receiving yards on. There. I think only eight catches, only eight. Okay, four, four receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Tyler Kennett, who was on our show a couple weeks ago. He was at that game. And he said he's going to vote for him for the Kennedy. So I think it'd be a great matchup. To he'll see. probably get it. Looking forward to that one again. That is at noon on Saturday. Unfortunately, with it being the state championship and the SSAC having a contract with a different broadcasting entity, we will not have coverage of that state championship. Yeah, we'll still talk to Coach Walker at some point this week on the show and uh, maybe talk to some players as well, Colin, depending on their schedules and and what you're able to do. I'll reach out to them, but... That wraps things up here for our first segment of the Sports Mix as the show brought to you by Parsons Ford of Martinsburg at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
We welcome you back to the Sports Mix. After the week off last week, we are back for another show. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show. And uh, let's talk some college football now. We talked high school in that first segment as Martinsburg advancing to the state championship. But the Mountaineers are having kind of a, I guess, historic season in some ways. Their best season under head coach Neil Brown, their first eight-win season since 2018. And uh, WVU got a win over Baylor on Saturday, Colin. Yeah, a little bit closer than uh, originally anticipated, especially if you looked at the stats in the first half. WVU absolutely dominating in almost every category other than special teams because they allowed back-to-back kickoff returns for touchdowns one of 96 yards the other i believe of 93 yards something that they hadn't allowed since 1904 but you were looking at that against and you're who? like uh, i can't remember uh, all i remember is football wasn't real tony crudy said that in 1904 so um but you look at that and you were like all right wvu still dominating just don't kick it to that guy and you should be fine right no they allowed barrier to score 14 points in the third take the lead and then extend that lead with a field goal in the fourth and wvu's offense just couldn't get anything going up until the final drive got a few passes completed to hudson clement putting them in striking distance to get it to a wide open jaheem white for the game ceiling touchdown and you finish the season eight and four under neil brown who all season long people said were in the hot seat I don't think he's in the hot seat now. I think he keeps this job. A lot of guys coming back next year. You're in a bowl game. You are hell Mary away from being tied for second in the conference when you were projected to be 14th. I know there's still a lot of fans that are negative about an 8-4 and four record. Like, yeah, you're 8-4, and four, but the eight teams you beat all had losing records. Guess what? You still won those games. You got to play whoa, who whoa. you have on the schedule. Not all eight of them had losing records. Duquesne didn't. That's true. They're in the FCS playoff. So, watch it. But they had a losing record in terms of FPS. Right. But they don't play FPS. Um, This is a successful year. Yeah, I mean, look, they're in the Big 12, so it's not really their fault that everybody else stunk it up. Only so many teams can be good. Um, I think that is kind of a noteworthy thing, but... At the end of the day, like they aren't really playing for, you know, a conference championship or or national championship, at least this year, right? So like their resume doesn't matter. You know, you gotta get to six wins, eight wins is a is a two up from six. You're not like overly celebrating an eight win season, I don't think, if you're WVU, but it's your first good season in a long time, it feels like. Um and it hasn't been that long, but like a, a really solid eight-win year. You could get to nine wins, which has only happened once since you joined the Big 12. So I think there's a lot of positives in this year, and we'll see who they draw in the bowl game. And if it's a winnable game and you're able to go in there and, and get it done, I think you can build on this with Neil Brown. Plus the conference is going to get weaker. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, so that means there will be more opportunities for WVU down the line maybe even contend for a big 12 championship which a few years ago or even 
heading into last year didn't seem like something that would be possible under Coach Brown, but I think it's very much possible here moving forward. And also this team, like, they still don't have a lot of great pieces at the quarterback position in in their passing game, and they're still finding ways to win, which I think shows, you know, Brown's a pretty good coach. You know, he's finding ways to win with these players that probably aren't the most talented at some of the key positions. Yeah, Garrett Green, I think, got better as the season went on. And now you've kind of established an identity with him and J.E.M. White and C.J. Donaldson. We'll see if both of those running backs are back next year. I kind of doubt that that'll be the case. So, but but you've got the pieces at, at wide receiver somewhat. You just need to keep building on yeah, that. Clement. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Who also, again, was their leading receiver on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a good receiver at the, at the you know power five level which yeah. is impressive so it, you can build on this season and hopefully you know next year you're not going to play texas and oklahoma so that and you didn't even have to play texas this year yeah so you don't have to worry about that anymore if but, not it would have been a seven win season <laughs> so obviously I'm trying to say it's still texas would have won <laughs> probably yeah but it's so okay. you've still got teams like kansas state oklahoma state and you know the, those sorts of you know mid mid tier teams that are staying in the Big Twelve, but you you don't have to deal with that that top tier like almost guaranteed losses uh, at those at the top anymore. It's we, more we, WVU's level, right? So it, you can expect potentially you know go in the next year with eight win expectations. And see, you know, depending on how you, what your schedule looks like exactly, then maybe you can shoot for more than that. And let's not forget, this team was picked to finish last. Right. right. So for them to finish, I believe, sixth in the regular season standings is, is pretty good. Right. Sixth then because of head-to-head and different stuff, but conference record tied for third. And right. really, so. you should have had nine wins because that Houston game was just right you know yeah. the wild ending that happened sure there what most of the exactly. time most of the time you do not lose a game where it comes down to a hail mary for the other team at the end so but this time you did but something just you know, put on the record yeah i thought overall considering the expectations for this team um i thought they did a, a pretty good job with what they had like i said and and a nine win season a wvu is kind of like what you would want and expect in some ways it's not like you know the marshall season where i saw a post the other day celebrating going six and six and qualifying for a bowl game i was kind of disappointed by that season personally but um the w well, they were season, too i think was they, an overachievement say marshall was too they fired their entire staff pretty yeah, much except for their head man right cleared out clint trickett which is game. a weird time to do it considering you still have a bowl game to prepare for for whatever that's worth. unless you're just not going to go bowling they are going bowling though they're eligible and they're going to accept their bid okay. i would imagine i just wasn't sure if they were going to accept their bid unless they let them bowl jmu i've heard they might i don't think they, they might need they to. should it's kind they of funny that they lost to app state when game day was there that is it kind of funny, funny but still <laughs> let yeah. them bowl Yep. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the rule's dumb, but this is the last year of it anyway, for them at least. Yeah, Delaware's joining Conference USA, so they'll have that rule as well. But uh, let's st- stick a little bit more to local. JMU's kind of local, but... Um, Down 81's go. away, but... Yeah. It's in the general area. 
yeah. I guess. But uh, Shepard, their season came to a close a few weeks ago. Just kind of wanted to take a few minutes here on the show just to, I guess, give our our overview on the year. Obviously, that Close game... the book on it. Yeah. Obviously, that game didn't go the way you wanted it to. I fought Shepard in the first half. Played relatively competitive, at least offensively, but defensively couldn't stop them Lenore Ryan team at all. And then that just kind of carried over into the second half, and then they couldn't get any momentum in on the offensive side, and it ended up being a you know a bad looking loss. Um, but again, Shepard kind of got put in a tough situation. They moved their their uh, region, so that wasn't really ideal for the Rams. But I think it, it was a successful season. I would still say because yeah. of everything you lost with this team, you lost the greatest quarterback in school history probably in D2 history, and Tyson Bajan. And not just Tyson Bajan. You lost two other guys that had a shot at the NFL in uh, Ronnie Brown and Joey Fisher. I believe Joey Fisher's still on the Steelers practice squad. So Yeah, I think a week or, as of a week or two ago he wasn't. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's, that's news to me. But um, maybe still has a shot at playing professionally, at least, if yeah. it's not in the NFL. Um, but – you know, you had you had those three guys, and of course Brian Walker, who also had you know a cup of coffee with the Ravens. So this was a you know elite group that they lost. Kyle Smith, one of the all time best uh, pass rushers in school history, as well. Malik Holloway, another really solid pass rusher. Both those guys leave. Devin Lynch. Devin Lynch transfers to WKU. Beach. Um, Marlon Cook transfers. Right. No more Ryan Beach. Ryan Beach no longer with the program. Um, so. You lost all of that, and you still put together a season where you made the playoffs. Yes, you lost in the first round, but you kind of got put in a tough situation. And I think there's a lot to be excited about because you're only losing three guys. So um, I think this team is going to be right back in the conversation for the PSAC championship next year and a regional championship. So, Yeah, I think making the playoffs was the – sort of standard for if they do this this will be a successful season and then from there you go you know hope for more from there but if you don't get it and then it it was the the draw if they if they were still in sr1 they they would have been very competitive with you know whoever they played it probably would have been uh charleston Mm -hmm. if they they were in sr1 i almost would go as far as saying they'd be playing saturday if they were, I don't think they would have beaten Slippery Rock, but I think Charleston would have been a toss. But they could have. I think they could have competed with they Slippery could've. Rock. I mean, Kutztown beat Slippery Rock and Shepard. I think honestly, I think Shepard was a better team than Kutztown, but they didn't play like it on that Saturday. No. Kutztown's just a weird team. That, they just find ways to win. They're like I mean, they're like the Steelers <laughs> of the PSAC. <laughs> Nothing tells you that they should be as good as they are, but they are. So you just got to kind of deal with it. I think that's a good comparison there. But, yeah, I think it's possible they could have been playing this weekend if they were in SR1, but it would have been tough. They would have had to go on the road, play some decent teams. Mm -hmm. Nothing would have been guaranteed, but they would have had, I think, a better shot in those matchups than they did against Lenore Ryan. But, I mean, I think Shepard can really build off of this season with everything they have coming back. Um, plus, you know, you would expect another good recruiting class from Coach McCook and his staff. So, uh, yeah, I think you can go hope you can go into the transfer portal, maybe grab a couple of defensive guys uh, and, you know, make up for whoever you might lose in the portal. And on offense, if, you know, maybe you can grab another running back to mix in that can hold on to the ball and maybe have to 
you know maybe maybe an offensive lineman uh, yeah depending on you know transfer yeah we'll or, see what we'll see what, what guys there. do because some guys even though they're not too yeah uh even though they didn't you know graduate in terms of senior they weren't recognized on senior day so that means they still have eligibility left you never know uh, if they've been there already four years they may not want to stick around for another season of football or they might uh just kind of depends i know some of these guys have been there though a while due to covid and everything like that so they still have eligibility but you never know at the d2 level if guys are gonna maybe decide to just forego that eligibility and just you know move on i, I don't know if they would or not but at least on paper you have everybody back pretty much besides a few guys uh, you're going to need a long snapper, which is you know an important position. Obviously, Zach Fry uh, really stabilized that position for Shepard because they didn't have a designated long snapper on the roster a few years ago, and at times they had some bad snaps. So I think that would be something to maybe target in the transfer portal if you can get a long snapper, which is kind of a rare position to get at D2, I feel like. Uh, but Zach Fry was really good at it, or maybe even in you know a high school kid that you recruit. So who knows? But uh, this is a, a team and a program that – is still going to be one of the best in D2, one of the best in uh, Super Region 1. I think they just proved that this past season with really a great job by this team and this coaching staff because I honestly wasn't sure what to expect when you lose Tyson Bajan. And yes, you've had a lot of success before Tyson Bajan, but that was with a different coaching staff. That was with Coach Cater at the helm. Could Coach McCook you know, keep up that tradition and that success? And, and he proved that he could. So I felt like for him... Uh, this was really a, his best coaching job since taking over the program because of all the challenges that yep. this season faced. You remember didn't they had a new OC as well. Quarterback. Yeah, new Something. offense yeah. coordinator, yeah, the, Coach Clark. The entire offense was new. Quarterback, running back, wide receivers. Other than you know, most of the offensive Tight line answer. outside of Joey Fisher. And, and Stilly. And, yeah, and the offensive coordinator as well. I think that and it ended up being the offense was very talented, when they held on to the ball, but sometimes inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's something you could live with. It's a nine-win season in the end. So, yeah, very good season for Shepard. So, um, moving forward, I think we'll continue to see that success. I think we will too. But we'll step aside, take another break here on today's edition of the Sports Mix. As this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way or online at Orsini's.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We're back on the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show. Let's jump into some NFL. Where we want to start with Washington. They've made coaching changes. Ron Rivera's still there, but his good buddy Jack Del Rio has been let go as well as uh, their defensive backs coach. So um, this uh, wasn't too surprising considering the defense has been pretty bad this year, one of the worst in the league, and they just got smacked by the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I was a little bit surprising, though, because I, I feel like Del Rio and Rivera are pretty good friends. Um, I mean, they both played, you know, linebacker in the Pac-12 in the 80s, and uh, 
played in the NFL around the same time, and, and they've had kind of some a long, I guess, history together in some ways. Um, but I, I think it's ultimately, you know, Rivera knows that he's probably getting fired at the end of the year. It's, uh, it's, it's a last-ditch <laughs> last effort. Yeah, it's say, like, maybe, hey. Maybe if we change coordinators, the, the play calling will, you know, change things. We'll have some defensive success at the end of the year, and maybe maybe this won't be the last year of the Ron Rivera. Uh, I hope it is. Uh, it's the ultimate. I think you know, it's, probably a, it's probably all for naught. Let uh, me blame somebody else kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, that's kind of how it, things went with Frank Reich, or uh, not Frank Reich, Matt Rule over well, also in Carolina. Yeah, it was the last the last coach that the Panthers fired before the one they fired today, uh, where Matt Rule fired Joe Brady in the middle of the season, and it wasn't enough scapegoating to work out for Matt Rule in the end. And now Joe Brady's offensive coordinator for a different team that's scapegoating instead of, you know, now he's the beneficiary of it instead of coming out on the short end, and I guess we can get to that later, but... As for the commanders, yeah, defense stinks. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Uh, Sam Howell is just chaotic as a quarterback, and you ran into the Cowboys who are playing really well right now. Dak Prescott looks like that if he continues the stretch he's been on over the last few weeks, he he'll, he'll be one of the finalists for for MVP, if not the one that ends up winning it. I think the Eagles will have to lose some games for Jalen Hurts to lose that award, though. Um, but yeah, things try try again next year commanders maybe pull off some upsets to end the year but well don't do that because your draft position's in a pretty good spot right now i think they're picking fifth overall right now so somewhere close to that yeah so i think they would be pretty happy with that keep losing i mean yeah and i think the other thing is like they traded their two of their better defensive players so yeah. how is the defense going to get better at that point um but yeah it's ultimately you know it's rivera saying hey Del Rio's the problem, not me with this defense. I'll start calling the defense. Maybe things get better. And I think also, like, for him, if he still wants to coach, too, like, if he – even if the team doesn't have a great success True. or if he gets fired anyway, if if Rivera can have some success with the defense toward the lighter half of the season, uh, maybe, you know, he gets a defensive coordinator gig if he still wants to pursue something like that. I don't know if that would interest him at this point in his career, but – it's not a bad idea for a guy that's had some great success as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he just hasn't had success that much as a head coach. He's had some. I mean, he made a Super Bowl. Yeah, he won two right. coaches years, some, but just not enough. But not recently. Where, yes. Get get yourself to the off season. Try to put some stuff together. Get it. Find yourself a new head coach if it's enemy or if you go uh, outside the organization for it use your draft pick probably on one of the top offensive tackles whether it's joe alt from notre dame or jc latham from alabama or the pens the penn state guy who's name the quarterback position they're not they if they ended up see how the season ends with sam if they ended up 50 50 on him so i mean if where it stands that's the issue where it stands right now the bears would have the first pick and the fourth pick and the Bears seem to say that they're going to give Justin Fields another year. So you could say maybe the first pick's up for grabs again. They're go taking up and, Drake May or, or Caleb Williams, whichever one they decide is better at this point. I That's probably what I would do. I would trade Justin Fields and run with that if you end up with the first pick. But, hey, you never know. Because the Bears are going to get a new Cardinals, coach, too. Say if the Cardinals finish the year with number one pick, I don't think they're going to ditch Kyler Murray. Maybe they, they have great trade value for him. 
I I don't I think there would be a lot of right now dead. There's the money that Washington Commanders. The money that the other team would have to take on from from the Cardinals or the Cardinals would have in dead money. I just don't see that. And Kyler's been good since he came back. There's no reason to trade Kyler Murray. Because what do you what is what would that do? You like say well, what did, 14 yesterday. I don't know if that's good. It's like well, we have Caleb Mur- we have Kyler Murray, Murray, but then Caleb Williams could be anything. He could even be Kyler Murray. Yeah, so, I mean, you called him Caleb Murray, so they they could be the I, same. I th- I think instead of Patrick Mahomes, that's who you should compare Caleb Williams to. I think he's a bigger Kyler Murray, more only so. slightly bigger too. I think Patriots probably like go million. with a quarterback, right? They should. They better. They don't know what they're um, doing. Amazing tank job. That this honestly feels like Bill Belichick's getting fired. Like the way he just yes. like handles his press. I always know always handled the press conferences very. You just like, lost ten seven to the Giants, which I can't be making fun of because Washington is also lost. Tommy DeVito is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. It was a beautiful tank job. I, all I can all I can say is maybe Belichick is you know going the galaxy brain route. He's like Robert. Kra- he's going to Robert Kraft saying, "Let me cook, man. I'm going to get you this first pick." I'm going to get you Caleb Williams, and we're going to be back. You know what Bill Belichick's going to take with the first pick? A punter. (laughs) The dude has not drafted well in like (laughs) 10 years. No. Like, that's why this team has collapsed. The team was collapsing when Brady was on his way out. They had no receivers. The roster stinks. The only reason they were any good is because they had Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. They have not drafted well and developed players well. I don't know how we got on the Patriots, but... I don't know. Because you were asking about order. So yeah. I kind of just I mean, while we're at the top of the draft, it was, you know, the Panthers fired Frank Reich today, like literally within the last couple of hours. And to me, it's, it, you can't get much more hopeless and, and desolate in terms of, you know, being a fan of a team in, in, in a situation where, like the Panthers, where you have the worst record in the league and you don't have your draft pick and now you don't have a coach. And you drafted it, the wrong quarterback. You definitely drafted the wrong quarterback, which I think a lot of people said, were saying that at the time. There but, was a rumor that even Frank Reich wanted yes. C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. so I don't know why they ownership. I th- it might have been the ownership, and we might end up that now that Reich is gone, that might that might be the kind of thing that leaks out and say, well, you know, David Tepper, the owner, stepped in and he wanted Bryce Young, so what the what the owner wants goes. Yeah, I mean, the Reich situation to me is kind of strange because I really don't feel like it's his fault. Like their roster isn't very good. He's only been given one season. And they drafted yeah. Bryce Young, who looks like the wrong guy. It just kind of also, I mean, it just, it seemed like Reich didn't want to be there. But then why why take the job? Money? Well, I think he took the job thinking that things would work out. And then probably the owner stepped in and said, uh, we're drafting this, you know, almost five foot eleven quarterback. And I, don't, I think Reich was just like, what do you want me to do with this? Yeah. Because I mean, Bryce Young has not looked good so far. No, he And for Bryce Young's development, you know, now he's going to get a new coach in there already in year two. I just don't think it's necessarily the best direction to go with your team. But you would hope that it can be a Jaguar situation where after one year of Urban Meyer, you you got the right guy in there. Is Frank Reich Urban Meyer, though? Like, is he that toxic? No. I don't think I don't, so. No, definitely. It's it hard to be it. as bad as Urban Meyer was. <laughs> really hard. But... Yeah, I don't know. I I would not want to be a Panthers fan right now. And if I were, I would probably stop being one. Is anybody really a Carolina Panthers fan? I know of at least one, and even he's Steph he Curry. Is, and, uh, Steve, Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer is a, is a Carolina Panthers fan, and even he's just like I I'm, I'm done. I'm I, I'm just dis- disconnected. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, maybe I would presume in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina, you probably have some yeah Panthers fans down there. But I just don't really think of that as like a big fan base necessarily. They are Clemson fans. That's that's even even they are having a tough year right now. Yeah. Um, you want to take a break and then get a, to the Raven Steelers? Let's do that's that. A good yeah, idea. That's minutes. a good idea. Yeah. We kind of rambled about a lot of different things, but a lot going on in the NFL. Uh, on the other side of this break, we'll talk Ravens getting a win, Steelers getting a win, and uh, probably some other stuff. Monday since. Night Football. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. This segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, the official car dealership of Chicago Bear quarterback Tyson Bagent. Visit them online at HagerstownFord.com. Back for our final segment of the Sports Mix after this. Go, 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 Charlie. It's your birthday. We're going to party like Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show. Final segment. We'll start with the... Sponsor? Sponsor, yeah. Marius Group. Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them at 304-263-4343. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Very good, Colin. Uh, I mean, we can talk about that Steelers game briefly here. Not a very entertaining one, but hey, Steelers get the win again over the Cincinnati Bengals. Ran the ball well. They fired Matt Canada. The offense had their first 400-yard game in quite some time. The offense looked pretty good. They weren't able to put up a bunch of points on the board, but they had all the they had the 400 yards. And Kenny Pickett started the game six for six for sixty-six yards, and I thought, oh boy, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin made a deal with the devil. They're gonna be they're gonna be a great offense now, <laughs> but they didn't quite uh didn't quite start out that way uh, go that way for the rest of the game. Uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, just kind of not doing anything on a play, then ended up in a fumble. That was that was interesting, but no, they kind of look competent now. And they that man have... is still allergic to touchdowns too. He caught one, but then he dropped it, which was a weird play. Because I don't really understand why you have to complete the catch if you can't be tackled in the end zone. Yeah, so the Steelers are at seven and four, Mm -hmm. and their schedule's pretty favorable the rest of the way because they get. I think it's they play the Colts. Their their next two games are against the Patriots and the Cardinals. So those should should be two. They should be nine and four. Then at home, then then they get the Colts uh, in Indy. Then they go and host the Bengals, playing the Bengals again. Then they go to Seattle, and then they finish out that Week 18 game against the Ravens, which, going with the Ravens' tough schedule they have the rest of the year, I think that game's going to end up being to decide the AFC North in Week 18. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like the Ravens are like kind of rolling right now, where I favor them in all those matchups, even though they are tough. Well, I guess we can get into that. The, the, the Ravens... The, the defense is incredible. Yeah, this is yes, historic a really defense, defense, which is kind of surprising. Like we said before, this is surprising, but it, they're very good. And I didn't feel great about last night's game. The offense is still inconsistent. This is what I felt great about. They held Justin Herbert to 10 points. Yeah. They held Keenan Allen to 10 points. Austin Eckler. Like, that's an elite offense. Now, I know they haven't always performed like that, but, I mean, 
Like Herbert's good. I, I I'm tired of the Herbert hate. Oh like, yeah, the guy is. I'm with you. Guy's one of good. the best, if mm-hmm. not top five. Well, not the best, but he's he's top five, definitely, probably even top three, honestly, among maybe guys that aren't injured right now. Um, so you know to slow him down, slow that offense down. I think just gives you the confidence that this team can win any game and, and come out of the AFC this year because the Chiefs, like the Chiefs, are still very good and they have Mahomes and Kelsey, which is completely different level to even Herbert and his weapons. But like that's really all they have, and I feel like the Ravens, with how they've performed on defense, like could probably beat the Chiefs. And and that offense hasn't performed like it has in the past. Like I, I don't really fear their wide receivers too much. But Kelsey's still a beast. You gotta still fear Mahomes because he's that good, mm-hmm. and he still is the best player in the league. But you only need to fear him if Taylor Swift's there. <laughs> they have been better when she's been there, but they did win. It's true on Sunday. But in terms of like the Ravens and the remainder of their schedule, they don't play the Chiefs, so that doesn't really matter. They they ho- after the bye week that they have this week, they host the Rams. They go that to be a win. they go to Jacksonville on Sunday night. I still feel like that's a win. I think it can be. They go to San Francisco on a Monday night, which is Christmas Christmas night. Then they that's a tough one. Host the Dolphins for a one o'clock game on New Year's Eve, and then it's the Steelers in Week 18, which I think they'll beat the Steelers again. Like I think three of those games are definitely games that they could lose. Mm-hmm. But you still. But favor. I just feel like their defense has been so good that it's like hard to really imagine those teams beating them and i think they're better than jacksonville by a good bit but they're going to jacksonville which could be tough and of course they've struggled against the jaguars in the past i don't really like i think if they get pressure on two i think the dolphins the dolphins are frauds against the best teams in the nfl that's how it's proven so far right right yeah. and, but they still have elite talent on offense that you have to be mm-hmm. you know aware of and and we'll see but I, I think you're you're probably right. Like the Steelers could be in that position where they. I th- they get I'm in. saying 12 and four going into the last week of the year, and then the Steelers probably 11 and five. That's that, fair. Which would the, the t- okay. with the tiebreaker would still mean that that game is for the division since yeah. the Steelers won the first game. I'm excited for the rest of the year, and we'll see. I mean, I think the Ravens have a chance though to keep winning and win out possibly even but it will be tough it will be tough i think they can they can win the afc yep that's gonna wrap things up for today's edition of the sports mix again tonight on talk radio wrnr monday night football between the chicago bears and the minnesota vikings that kicks off at 8 15 for nick verzellini as well as dylan bishop i'm con mclaughlin signing off for today's edition of the show Thank you.